All right, it's uh, Rufus the Villain here with Kurt. What's up, brother? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing okay, man. I uh, got you into a uh, podcast that you weren't expected for earlier, no. and then now we're on our second one. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> so what's uh, what's going on with you, brother? Uh, I don't know. Kind of early <laughs> retirement from being a professor for a while, so I could bring up brats. Brat? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Brother passed. Had to take on taking care of him. Yeah. So um, that's a heavy note, but uh, yeah. Well, sorry. But no, that's all good, brother. But uh, one of the things we were talking about before is uh, you were one of the things I like. You were talking to me, and I was like, wait, wait, wait save it. Let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about aliens. Aliens. <laughs> let's okay. talk about aliens. Let's let's get uh let's get right. Kurtz. First off, one has to understand. Okay, no hatred against me. I'm a theoretical physicist, which means m- logic dictates yes. If you want to get down to the nitty gritty, well, it's a mathematical impossibility. On the contrary, one. there's actually a mathematical equation, both ways on both sides of the matter. And there's the argument that goes all the way back to Newton that states that the odds are against us. But again, Newton was fighting against the church and had to make certain standards. On the other end of it... Well, wouldn't you say it would be, pardon the pun, an astronomical waste of space? Absolutely. Which is the other argument. But then the valid point is is that, all right, talk wormhole technology, all right? It's a well-known scientific fact that in order to produce a wormhole that would actually project us at any distance through space would take 5 to 15 of our sun's energy, the as entire compiled As far as, as, far as like the thermal energy? Exactly, which is impossible for us to dream about doing at any foreseeable future. Uh, but in the other end of it, one also has to consider the fact that we are on an earlier section of the universe. What do you mean? We're babies. Oh, I there see are Earth-like planets that are further out in the galaxy that have been around for trillions of years. Okay, okay. Which means, if you were to think about an evolved species, much like ourselves, evolution is not just biological; it's intellectual, it's technological. So, if someone had reached a point of technology where they surpass us by millions of years, the idea of coming up with the concept is not far gone. Well, like the big thing that I've seen is like, okay, say say we've been visited. By greys or whatever you want to call them. They would have to have interstellar space travel. Not necessarily. We're assuming the greys in question are from another planet. Interdimensionality Uh, is a much more believable concept. Yeah, yeah. We've had historical situations that cannot be explained. You've you've heard of the two green children that appeared out of the woods, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about they're from another place we couldn't locate. There have been people who've talked about being in dimensional slips where they well, pass think about, from one point well, to another. Well, think about like a loss of time. Right. Like mandala, uh, the mandala effect. And, yeah. And yeah. so on and so forth. So the concept of interdimensionality is a much more believable concept. Uh, you know, string theory. Up string until theory. It was, or they even call it bang theory, too. Right. It, it all talks about there being multi-dimensions layered upon one another. So the idea of punching a hole from one dimension to another is a much more conceptual idea scientifically than say a a hawking wormhole or a a hawking bridge that travels across the universe it's an impossibility scientifically uh, for us to reach that point but from another dimension if someone were to tap into a means of punching that hole it's more a quote-unquote improbability drive (laughs) so to speak yes continue continue. all right now the other concept is i mean if you were capable of traveling to another dimension studying another species in itself would be 
unavoidable. You'd have to know what you were dealing with. Well, it'd also be unethical, too. Like, if you were to... Now you're arguing human ethics as opposed uh, to another well, it, species. It, well, here's the thing, is if you were to interfere with their evolution, interfere with their economics, interfere with their laws... Okay, but we've done the same with apes. We observed the apes for a time, and then we began to initiate ourselves with them in order to find out whether Cocoa. or not communication was possible. Right. Or Jane Goodall. Mm. She observed them for a length of time without having any contact, but by the end of it, she was brought into the troop. She was made one of the troop. That's true. So the con concept of studying another species is possible, but y you get the, uh, I've been abducted, I've been probed. <laughs> but And then you get into like implants and right. stuff like that. But then if you think of the perspective of any animal species that we've come in contact while studying, we probed. We took them from their their ecosystem it's interfering. It's interfering studied them and put them back it's interfering but it's also study so more than likely done the same with us being technologically advanced and not being connected to us or evolving developing with us mm -hmm. we we're an outside entity that is beneath them so studying them would be the same as us studying a primate or us studying a a, a lab rat we don't know how far interference would go without being able to intercommunicate. And depending on whether or not they have any knowledge of our linguistic patterns or ability, sociologically, it's an impossibility for us to imagine actually talking with a gray. Well, like, what do you think about, like, uh, Betty and Barney Hill? I'm sure you're familiar with that. They were uh, right. the first case in the United States of uh, alien abduction. Experience lost time. We'll see the had, the had, re had regressed, uh, regressed memories. Right. Now, what makes their argument valid Unlike most other abduction cases where people have spoken of being abducted, what made theirs valid is that there was no context. There was no basis of comparison. There's nothing they could and get what this. And what would be the point about lying about it? At that, Especially at that point in time, what would be the point about lying about it? What exactly. are they going to gain? What are they gonna Nothing gain? but negative uh, conflict on you have to be lying or you guys are making up an elaborate hoax. They had nothing to go on. There was no sensationalism at the time it Listen, was just listeners out there you guys there's a jet going over but go yeah. ahead so <laughs> i argue it's a possibility but one also has to argue the fact that w where where can we honestly draw the line between what we are scientifically um pursuing and our endeavors and what could be an outside alien source of technology well think about like uh fiber optics true yeah like fiber optics literally came like out of nowhere right well they argue that the whole um area 52 yeah okay there are those who argue that it very well could have been an experimental spacecraft that we were actually using young children to pilot because of the fact that we had to acquire a smaller space within the craft so that we wouldn't right, have to make such right, a bulk right now should it crash what do you have you have an alien craft well alien to everyone else no one knows what to make of it with charred small bodies inside. And depending on the mo how fast they were moving, the pressure within the cabin, mm -hmm. a skull can expand. Yeah, yeah. Which means charred skull when, expands, when G, when small G's, bodies. When G's change physiologically. Uh, physio physiologically. Uh, yeah. There's physiological change. Right, with, blood with flow G. reaches yeah. the brain. It rushes to the head and causes swelling. Mm -hmm. This happened. It's microcephalism. It actually happens both medically as well as genetically throughout birth there are child children who are born with overly enlarged skulls water on the brain things of that nature so the idea well, that think of the aztecs when they would they would uh put boards to right. change the shape of the head and stuff we'll like see that. now you're talking ancient 
<laughs> I know, aliens. I know. And now I, I, I find some invalidation in this simply because the gentleman who seems to be leading the argument on the matter is a man who honestly I, I, I think wakes up, re- up every morning and takes the opposite of the psych meds he should <laughs> because a lot of the crap that comes out is just it, it, it's him making connections that can't possibly be now there are arguments like for instance at that time we had no means of traveling from continent to continent mm-hmm. we had no means of communicating from one you know one tr- yeah, there's no long-term to another. communication or so long-distance communication. Now, so then you have to look at the people who tell you, well, it's possible that we all came up with the whole con- the same concept of pyramids at the same time. Well. We came up with the same concept that our ancestors or gods from which we worship all came from the same star cluster. And we've proven that the Egyptians worshipped Orion. They worshipped the dog star. We've noticed that the Mayans did the same. China, same. Everywhere around the world, these distant parts, the Druids, Druids, they worshipped the Dog Star, they worshipped Orion's Belt, which suggests that at some point in our development, either one of two things happened. Either, yes, something appeared in the sky at that point. Now, is it alien? Maybe. Could it have been a gateway from another dimension? Possibly. Or could it have simply been an astronomical event that happened that was unfathomable to them because they had not seen it before? Now, well, you're kind of getting into like uh, uh, two th- the um, what's the Mayan apocalypse and stuff like that. Agreed. Now, but yeah. the Mayans they were basing theirs on star charts and, and and watching the movements in the sky. The problem is, is we've learned through astrology that you cannot follow the direct movement of any bodies in space because they are prone to change on occasion because of gravity. Agreed. Yeah. You know, Einstein proved you know gravity bends the universe <laughs> exactly. So. If we're going to talk along those lines, it's possible they could have very well seen a neutron star exploding, okay. lit up the sky. It could have been. It could have been. But if, if they saw a, a neutron, comet, if they saw a neutron star exploding, that star could have exploded two thousand years prior. Agreed. But what if it were two comets colliding in the sky? Yeah, which I mean, is very unlikely astronomically, mathematically. But if this were to happen, it could also describe why different cultures throughout the past started dying off from different illnesses that were very similar hmm. on a bacterial level which means if these comets were to have panspermia type mm-hmm. okay you know biological issue that mixed with our own organisms and actually caused illnesses to appear at that time i mean the black plague they they claim that it came from fleas on the back of rats, rats and yet yeah. All over Europe, they were talking about seeing people wearing something that looked like gas masks that looked like the Grim Reaper oh, swinging the, it with smoke appearing from doctors, behind it. The plague doctors. Well, not yeah. so much the plague doctors. They talked about in the middle of the night, um, around 2, 3 in the morning, they'd see a man out there with what looked like a sickle, but smoke coming from it, wearing a black suit with what looked like a gas mask. It wasn't a plague doctor, like a bird mask, sweeping it back and forth over the wheat. And okay. the smoke would work like a haze over the wheat and then dissipate suddenly and the man would just stop being there when someone went to go grab someone. These accounts happened all over Europe and then shortly after the plague hit. So science... <laughs> I wish you guys could see Kurt. He said, science, hands out. Well, the reason <laughs> I make that comment is I'm a physicist. I'm, I, I can explain to you how, you know, how we believe that a star was created. I can explain to you how the universe may have unfolded on different out, uh, you know, mm-hmm. accounts. 
are we right? No, most of it, it's theory. It's my guess. Well, it's all theory. Yeah, but it's my guess on an education of knowledge when it comes to math. But am I correct? No. I'm an anthropologist. I study the rise and fall of civilizations as well. Can I explain to you why certain civilizations chose to worship a specific star or their descriptions of their gods are roughly the same? Not at all. Yeah. Why India literally, <laughs> the Sadat, uh, their, 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 their religious texts talk of cities flying in the sky. Yeah. They, have they have discovered just recently an ancient city that was the, the stone was melted to the point of turning to glass. Which, when we tested it, the only we found that it shows the same type of glass that happened in the desert when we tested the new the atomic bomb. Nuclear glass, nuclear glass. How the hell did nuclear glass appear three, four, five thousand years ago? How? Well, are you familiar with the Younger Dryas? Oh yeah. Which is really, really, really interesting. Like it's like uh, there's a guy named Randall Carlson, mm. and he has this idea, you know, like that we've Rosen up oh. more than once in technology. You're, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, the whole concept that we have a uh, progressive amnesia. Mm -hmm. Civilizations rise, and as it falls, it goes we away. lose the, the knowledge of our previous technology and then start from scratch. Yeah, well, like one of, one of his really interesting things that I saw, <coughs> he came across, I don't know if it was him or one of his researchers, came across a woolly mammoth, and the way they found this woolly mammoth is there was actually wolves eating the flesh off of it because it was frozen mm. like it was like flash flash frozen which doesn't make any sense if you yeah, actually that's, follow that's thousand, the common knowledge of that's how thousands of pounds of meat yeah it's not possible so the thing is is when this uh creature was finally like exhumed from the ice they found that the back conches were broke mm -hmm. so what that suggests is there was a impact that created a shock wave right and then okay so so say there's a shock wave and then a flash freezing event after that can happen with a comet. The well, only that's problem what is that's is what it suggests is a comet. You know what I mean? Like because every religion has a flood story. Every religion, and they ba the thing is, is most of the flood stories we know of from these religions are actually retold from more ancient religions saying the same thing. Exactly. Which means to pin it down to when it happened. That's is a the harder Dryas. Right, That's is a harder descri description because even during the Younger Dryas period, there are things that don't make sense uh, as far as that goes because at that time, uh, archaeologists, anthropologists, those who study the past will tell you that these tribes that did not know each other would come in contact and trade with one another, communicate with one another. Right. How? If a tribe that was thousands of miles away managed to migrate to another point, how did they know to speak the same language to one another? Or even suggest the same kind of concept. Right. Now you have the argue the you know, you have the, 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 the Christians, the Catholics and the Jews and what who all argue Tower Babylon, we all spoke the same language till the tower fell. Then all of our languages diverged and became Babel to one another. But that's this, where the word came from, was Babel. Right. Now I Mm, that concept doesn't really strike true because, well, all of their events happened 2,500, 3,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. I, mm, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up, which means somehow communications were still capable. Now, you can take primates from different portions of the world. You can take a primate from Be South America. Be careful when you get into primates because you know where I'm going to go. I know. <laughs> but hold on. Now, you take a primate from South America. You take one from Africa. 
you know, you place them in cages next to each other. Yeah, the, the peanut gallery said, Bigfoot! <laughs> yeah, but you take these primates from... Keep talking, I'm going to grab my smokes. Okay. But you take Keep these talking. primates from the other side of the world, okay, and place them in cages, and within a, a moment, they already begin to find ways to communicate with each other. Right. It almost seems like an animalistic sign language, so to speak. They know how to interact. Right. Now, this can be explained i mean let's face it if i as an anthropologist i've been in positions where i was standing among a tribe of people who could not communicate with me and yet they were still able to communicate food simply by placing their hand to their mouth well in a it's, it's like a not, so not, to, not to yes, n- but real quick not to overgeneralize it right this Anywhere you go, people know what this is. The middle you, finger. Yeah, yeah. You, you, like anywhere you go, right. people know what that means. Anywhere you go, if you hold your hand up like this, that means wait. Two up in front of your hand it is literally I a surrender. sign of submission. Exactly. Exactly. There's now this ahead, can be ahead. this can be argued. This is valid. I will argue this, but on the same instance, this doesn't describe how technologies how how we progress so rapidly. And this is something every scientist on the planet cannot explain. It stymies them all. It stymies them all. All of us will say the same damn thing. There is no way we went from hunter-gatherers chipping flint. Uh, Making arrowheads. Making arrowheads uh, to progressively becoming able to produce artificial intelligence on a computer within a matter of 10,000 years. Not even that. How in the... Not even that. Right. So you're going... Okay, something happened. Something sped up our progression. This makes sense. But could this have happened before? Could there have been a situation where... An outside influence. Maybe. Or maybe it was simply an inside influence and that we are genetically predisposed to make leaps and bounds. It's possible. You know, and then you get the scientists who argue, well, we're not so much primates. There are moments when we're primates. I mean... Well, we are technically apes. We are technically apes. Technically. And, and, and my argument, the reason I know that to be valid, my, my, my basis of, of fact on this is uh, Mrs. Chiman a second ago, who decided <laughs> to point the out the peanut gallery. We'll call it the peanut okay, gallery. The peanut gallery back there. Her favorite pastime, <laughs> her favorite pastime will be sitting there trying to pop zits or, or yeah. Just say hi. It's okay. She waved. That's good enough. Yeah, but she pops bit, uh, zits, picks blackheads, and sh- she'll grab. <laughs> oh, no, but she'll grab her kids and start really? sifting through their hair to find, uh, to see if they have uh, uh, lice before they go to school. Well, it's a and pr- if you, prime, if, it's a primate grooming tactic, yes. which is also something that w- the primates use in order to feel more closely connected it's, it, well, to their unit. Well, it's a community building thing. Exactly. I know exactly what we were talking about. Exactly. So with that in mind, and of course we're primates, but what makes us special is the fact that unlike any other primate on the planet, we develop at a rapid rate. Right. We learn things that. Well, no have you have you can. seen anything about like chimpanzee warfare? Yes. That's some scary shit, dude. Absolutely. Like they actually go out of their way to make weapons, mm-hmm. to what you can see. I'm no I'm no zoologist, whatever. No primatologist. So yeah, it's hard but to... you can you can actually physically see and watch the way they plan. And if you watch their eyes, it's you see crazy, wheels dude. turning. It's you see crazy. strategy forming. Yeah, I don't know how we got here. But <laughs> well, no, but my, my, I, I think my argument on the matter is simply this. Developmentally speaking, primates are closest to us when it comes to being able to produce tools and create. Now, we have been proven recently that there are an, other animals who can make tools. 
they found a crow. You put a crow yeah, well, yeah, in, a, in yeah. a cage with a tiny little hole in an Easter basket, well, a miniature Easter basket, problem, and a wire. Prob- they have problem-solving abilities. And they can make tools from yeah. simple objects, which suggests tool-making, which used to be the thing that divided us from all the other animals. Well, that, that, that to used be to be, you know, like in the 80s, that used to be the definition of intelligence, right. being able to make a tool. Tool-making, right. Yeah. And then it was, or before that, it was the thumb with the whole Darwinism thing. We developed an extra dex- uh, the dexterity with our thumbs. So that could, you can, ma- could you imagine where we would be without thumbs? Not far off, I imagine. Uh, Masturbatory situations we, we, would be more complicated. <laughs> well, but, I you know. can grip it without a thumb. <laughs> Continue. Now, is this because you've tried? Yeah, or? of course. I've had a broken thumb before. <laughs> I'm not going to get into why your thumb was broken. I imagine it was probably from the very same thing you were trying to accomplish without it. But, you know, it got excited. I imagine. <laughs> Brick wall behind you, you know, too much lubricant, whichever the case. <laughs> anyway. My Either way, my thumb broke. Right. Now, my, my, argue, my, my point <laughs> that makes this valid is we're mistaken in assuming that just because we can't explain something, we call it alien. We call it outside. Extraterrestrial. Yeah, exa- exactly. Well, which the, fra- the phrase that I've heard recently is extrasolar. Okay, but think about it. What is the definition of extraterrestrial? I mean, Not well, of this terrain. Yes, yes. Outside of what we know. Well, it's terra firma is where that comes from. Right, which is solid ground. Yes, exactly. Now, with this in mind, what's to say? I mean, so far we know for a fact that, say, Japan and China, they work on technologies they've yet to bring out to us. And some of them are so advanced that they're we willing to hold them. back. Right, and we hold back. 10, 15, 20, 50 years, hundreds of years. Tesla was working on shit we're barely starting to understand now. He was a prodigy, dude. Okay, but my uh, he had things Without that, Tesla, we wouldn't have Wi-Fi. Right. Now, if you were to ask him, he'd explain it to you in a heartbeat at the time. And everyone else around him was looking at this like it was alien. They were like, even the thinking fuck are you he talking was... talking about, man? <laughs> right. They were assuming he was from another planet or so he, from something Why does else. this guy not have tinfoil on his head? Mm. <laughs> Probably because they hadn't invented ten for the time, but still. Mm. Say what? Glasses <laughs> of water everywhere. That's pretty good. Uh. Swing away. Yeah. Now I I don't know. I I make this argument because well, who's to say what is truly a UFO and alien tech, and who's to say what we knew at the time? There are temples built. I've stood before them, where there are stones that are. Tens of thousands of pounds. So big, so heavy. No technology we have can move them. To interject to what you were talking about, the right. geometry of the stones. Right. <coughs> Which suggests technology we cannot describe, explain, or even admit exists because we have nothing to show that it did. But to say it didn't, that'd be like looking at titanium and going, you That's couldn't have pulled this out <laughs> of a metal. I mean, you couldn't have pulled this out of a mountain because the only way to to purify titanium so it can be abused is by man-made tech. Right. So oh, recently they had dug in a, well, not recently, it was way back, but they dug in a coal mine. And while they were pulling a coal mine, they had reached a point in the coal mine that it, in development on Earth, it would have taken tens of thousands of years, hundreds of thousands of years to get that deep into the coal mine. But as they were digging into that coal mine, they pulled out a wedge of pure aluminum. What? Mm. Now, this was pulled out sometime in the 50s. And this makes no sense to us because where the hell did a wedge of pure aluminum somehow get because that's a man-made, affixed? That's, aluminum is a man-made alloy. Right, and it, got, it was affixed inside of a wall of solid coal. Now, coal, as we know, forms volcanically, but it formed millions of years ago. 
Yeah, yeah. The the thing about aluminum is it's a man made alloy. It's a mi- I don't know the exact mixture, but mm. it's not a natural exactly. thing. Exactly. So how to get there? And, and then we have to wonder, could we have technologically been able to do so? And if that be the case, does that mean we're so damn old that we were around long enough to actually watch the coal develop? Probably. Probably. Mm. Now tell this to a biologist. They'll look at you and think you're silly because, well, the furthest back they can date is what we can record. Like Cro-Magnon Man. Cro-Magnon Man. Sorry. Right. Now, again, we developed much faster. We wiped out an entire another human species in order to the become Neanderthal. the top of the food chain. Neanderthal. Right. And we all, we all actually have Neanderthal DNA. True. But, but what's it, to it say that was the on only what percentage that is right? But what's to say that was the only human species? That's the one we found. But Dude, in, do you, are you intentionally trying to draw me into Bigfoot? Are you trying to do that? <laughs> well, we know big. All right, think of it in spectrum wise. Bigfoot would be let's, bottom let's of the start, spectrum. Let's start. Let's start with Gigante Gigantopithecus. Okay, we'll start there. Giant ape. Yeah. So, um, Neanderthal humans. We'll we'll start. Actually, we'll start with Neanderthal and humans. Okay. There was a war between Neanderthal and humans. It's There's no way to deny that's what happened. Archaeological findings back you up. Go ahead. Yeah, so basically the stuff that I've read is uh, Neanderthal had a fear of the... Or no, uh, what you would call a homo sapien mm-hmm. had a fear of the dead. They stayed away from anything that was them that died. That's why they began to bury them. Yes, was, exactly. Yeah. Neanderthal would eat their own dead didn't have any understanding of like decay or they actually found there were certain whole tribes of neanderthals that would pass away from the exact same issue that we had with mad cow and that it's, we found what happens a, if a human eats them, right prions. where you eat the brain of your own species yeah, and it yeah. causes holes to develop yeah so that's kind of speaks to why the homo sapien kind of came out on top is because we stayed away from the shit that was dead true you know like that's that's well, uh, I, I would argue paranormal. Well, that played into yeah. it, too. That played into it, too. There there was a sense that because we fear what we don't know as far as death. I mean, no one's ever come back from the dead and said, this is what there is. We have many stories, all of them <laughs> religious context, but right. nothing that can be based in true fact for us. And I'm not even arguing scientific. I mean, if you come to me and you give me a decent enough description of something that I can find, doesn't mean it has to be considered scientifically valid mm, but if i can yeah. see evidence that's good enough well like you know as well as anybody like a scientific test has to be able to be repeated agreed you know like that's the only way something is scientific it has to be able to be repeated without consequence where with religious inspiration they merely need to see something that they consider miraculous and one it's facts right time one time based but, upon facts yeah at that point so but my argument is who knows maybe we have constant amnesia maybe we have moments where we have complete dark ages followed by renaissance and we are unaware that we had reached a level that we haven't yet we we are now reaching new heights with um the internet right hover technology anti-gravity ai AI, laser technology and what's funny is when you say we haven't done this already right well when you look at ancient carvings on egyptian walls there's descriptions Right, but there's descriptions in papyrus and, uh, and on walls that describe a, a religious leader tapping on one of these stones with a single rod. That's papyrus, and ma- yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. and making the stone rise, moving it with one hand, and then tapping it again, you know, and it you, falls. You know what they call that? An mm. earthbender. Okay. <laughs> right. See, I even got a laugh out of the peanut gallery. Right, well, no, but there's a scientist... <laughs> 
But there's a scientist that argues that maybe they had um, they had touched on harmonics because oh. we've actually proven. What, what about like uh, what about the the acid batteries that were found in Egypt? Oh yeah, the the Baghdad batteries. Right. Baghdad batteries. That's right. what it was. Now the thing is, is um, harmonic technology. That was lemon juice, right? Right. Now you can YouTube this. There's a there. There's these. Anyone can do this now. You take a bunch of speakers and you place them in a in a configuration where they're in the inside of a bowl. And you sand, turn them you all put, put some sand right. in there. Oh no, but these speakers lie in the inside of like a bowl. And when you turn them on to the same harmonic frequency, you can place a ball that will hover in midair yep. with nothing more than the vibration yep. of sound. Well the one that I saw was uh they would put sand in it. And it would actually create like uh I forget what it's called. It's like uh harmonic patterns. Yeah. Fractals. Fractals, yeah. It would like literally make patterns. Mm. Like now, you, you can play bass through a surface of what we were talking about right and it would make a pattern right and now it's pretty amazing i've been to <laughs> ancient caves i you know where people lived in the ancient times i've been to churches i've been to temples and the one thing they all have in common and there are scientists who study this too is that they all manipulate harmonics where you get a whole bunch well, of people where you get into like mongolian throat singing right. and well right i mean there are jewish temples where when you step inside and they're all singing prayer they're harmonic there's an energy in the air produced by the harmonic frequency of Who everyone's voices matching. <laughs> right. Shit, we played with didgeridoos yeah, years right, ago, and man. we're able to match. I still have that same didgeridoo. Uh, well, still can't find it, but yeah, I yeah, agree. It's still I here. It's still here. But my my point on it is just who's to say what we didn't know? I mean, technology-wise, it may not look similar to what we work with now. But harmonics the idea that we are, hadn't matched that thing. point. Harmonics are a thing. Right. So who's to say what we couldn't, could or could not match? And the descriptions they have of the, the ancient visitors from the stars. Mm -hmm. uh, you go to Mayan temples. There's, there, there's a description of a Mayan king that looks like he's sitting inside the cockpit of a ship. Right. I've seen that. Okay. I've seen that, yeah. You go to China. They have ones that, uh, you know, like clay Even sculptures Egypt that look too. like they're Egypt in spacesuits. Egypt, too. Yeah. All right, King Tut, one of the daggers that they found in his tomb was made from a specific metal that came from a meteorite. The problem is that you can YouTube this too. There are blacksmiths who actually try to attempt to turn meteorite metal into a valid working knife or a sword and fail miserably because of the crystal, co the, the crystal structures of that particular type of metal. <laughs> it's impossible unless you were to melt it down. And the only way to melt it down is to reach a level of degree of heat. Temperature. They couldn't possibly have had short of Star dangling temperature. it. Right, or dangling it over a freaking volcano. Yeah. So how they do it? And it makes you sit there and go, okay, we don't know everything they knew. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> when you Said argue and. that, well, when you argue with that, you start mm, starting to uh, draw conclusions that perhaps we're the dumber generation. We definitely are. Which means we for all, yeah. I mean, th let's face it. Even the biblical people, they talk about like no, uh, Moses. The man supposedly lived for three, four hundred years or more. Most descriptions of the people in the Bible at that time, either one, they had a really shitty view on calendars or like big titty bitches don't just fall from the sky okay <laughs> so uh, then you have to make that argument okay if they lived that long and they could live for hundreds of years then obviously they had either one stronger cellular makeup than we do which means ours is breaking down that's a possibility biologically it's a possibility or they had a way of genetically designing themselves oh i see i see and like 
you know, you talk about them. CRISPR. Right. You talk about angels taking him into heaven, showing him something and bringing him back down as prophets. When they describe that, it sounds a hell of a lot like an abduction. You know, beam a light, go into heaven, speak to otherworldly creatures in silver garb. They send you back down. Your hair is white, which actually happens when you're in the presence of radiation. And when you come back, your skin is glowing. Another sign that you've been in the presence of a certain type of thermal radiation. Mm -hmm. And you're filled with a knowledge of a future that you couldn't possibly know, nor would you live to see. And damned if it isn't all right. Well, perspective changes when you have technology. You have a like more educated guess. I like that phrase. <laughs> I like that phrase. Right. Pers so perspective changes when you have technology. So I, ar I argue, you know, before another scientist does the invalidate, invalidate, you know, hokum, hokum, stop and consider the fact that you only know what you're privileged to know by your generation and your, your anthropological development. Well, think about like eight tracks as opposed to YouTube. Think about that for a second. You the fact I mean? that we were walking around with cell phones with the size of bricks, and now we have ones that are they flat and they fold. That have the technology to actually launch a rocket. Uh, have, have you seen the new cell phones where you can fold the damn screen? Yep. Holy shit. That would have never been a concept before. Damn, did you hear that? Yeah, what in the hell was that? It was some kind of notification, but we're fine. We're being <laughs> hacked. No. <laughs> the, the government's listening in yeah. because we're talking about aliens. No, if anything, <laughs> I'm arguing that... <laughs> yeah. Our scientists, me being one, I can honestly say that we are only allowed to do what we are allowed to do when governments and the people of power give us the right to so or allow us to. You're saying that we're bound by the available <coughs> technology. No, we're bound by the people who allow us to pursue it. Which That's means, what I mean by available technology. Right. Once we reach a certain point where we start to scare people with what we can do, they want us to back off and stick with the lesser of what we're able to accomplish. But that doesn't mean that they aren't looking at it going, all right, take these smart bastards, put them off somewhere, and let them study further just so that we can figure out what they're talking about or what they can do, which is why there's a man who literally had disappeared off the face of the earth after he managed to figure out how to run a car on water. Have you ever heard of... What the hell? Have, you, have you ever heard of 20 and back? Mm. Have you ever have, heard of that? Mm -hmm. 20 and back some pretty interesting shit. Like... Um, it basically has to deal with the uh, abduction. Right. And then whatever individual is gone for 20 years, they experience 20 years in another time and place, and then they're put right back into the time and physical body that they were abducted from. Agreed. Now, what about yeah. that whole plane full of people? Appeared in Texas after they disappeared <laughs> midair. Yeah. 50 years later, they appear. They all looked exactly the same as there when they first go. boarded. There you go. You know, they, they spoke with the guy in the tower. The guy explained what time it was in era. The pilot looked kind of freaked out and then took back off. Plane disappeared again, and no one's seen him since. Seriously? I mean, there was, there was an entire airport full of people who saw this happen. So we know it's not bullshit. The story's been altered and changed as it's changed well, the hands. But you know, like the whoever expresses the story is going to put their own spin on it. Agreed. It telephone yeah. game. It happens. My telephone. Arg right. <laughs> My argument is, what do we know? What we we're don't privileged. know shit, dude. We don't know shit. Only what we're privileged, which is yeah. barely shit. Greatest scientist in the world, Nikola Tesla. Man was beyond his time. Upon his passing. Half of everything that he had been studying, half of what he wrote down, vanished off the face of the earth, as we know. Which means, was well, our like government whole, involved? The whole, was the Russians? Who's who's to say? The whole the whole reason that like, because I actually on Nerdy Bones, I did a whole episode on Nikola Tesla. Mm -hmm. 
the fact that we're not using Tesla coils is kind of silly. It's kind incomparable, of, isn't it? It's kind of silly that we're not using Tesla coils. The men figured out how to light up a battery by sticking it in the ground miles <laughs> away from where one of right. these coils was ignited. That means that that's wireless energy. The big thing is it's free energy. Okay, but it's that's free energy. It's free, but it's wireless. Point that straight at you, dude. All right. You sound good, I'm just saying. Yeah, but it's wireless energy. So now if you talk about that, where have we gone with this? The closest we have to wireless energy is charging a cell phone by placing it on a on a pad. On a pad. Yeah. Same difference, but not really. Yeah. So if we can do that, why can't you bridge the, uh, you know, extend that out further? Why can't I charge my phone from my house a mile away if Tesla said it was possible? Why can't why can't we have electric cars that no longer have to pull into a gas station and be plugged in as if it's a toaster when Tesla said it was possible to be able to charge that, that shit just that's, by that's the energy companies. Exactly. You know, that's, and that's, Edison was his biggest That's big know, oil. That's right. big oil. Right. But these conspiracies have happened in the past, always have, and it's always some man making a great deal of money who happens to have his hand in the pocket of the government he works for. And the government has always been the go-to guy to tell you what you can and cannot do because in the end, that's the one keeping you safe. Mm -hmm. Take the government out of the picture, there's no army. No army, no Marines, no one to save your ass when someone else wants to take what you have. Right. So, guy in charge says... I limit you. You're limited, <laughs> whether you're a scientist or not. And the problem is, is most scientists are fearing being scientists because in the end, we're a tool. We are only allowed to, to do yeah. what we do if you can utilize, or the government can utilize us for their own benefit, which means unless we're creating something they want, they don't want us touching on it. They don't want us to have shit to do with it. They're like, mm -mm, that that doesn't serve <laughs> us. If it's free and it helps everyone else out, no. But if I can make money off of it, oh yeah, by all means, go ahead. Otherwise, we're in prison in Guantanamo without any explanation as to why, or we just up and flip and vanish. And it happens. There's lots of situations where it has. It's just. Well, could you imagine what free energy would do to the world? Oh yeah. Free energy. Free energy, like. There's some weird-ass reason that we're not all on solar energy now. Well, I got an argument for you, and this is a good one. What do you think that the uh, Hadron Super Collider is truly for? Nuclear shit? All right. They say, <laughs> and, and I've worked there. Okay, I've worked there. I, I've been with the Hadron Collider. I've, <laughs> I did the ma some of the math that was involved with working on it before they discovered that the whole string theory thing kind of fell apart when they found there's a few equations that didn't work within the larger picture. But before that, I was there. And I'm telling you, it makes no sense that you have miles and miles oh, of okay. tech pumping billions of watts of electricity into it yearly to collide a few atoms together with hopes of catching a picture of particles to prove of an existence of a single particle that gives matter mass. Hmm. we've always been able to just give you a theoretical equation and you go, yeah, 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 fine. You're the smartest guy on the planet. Fine. We'll just agree <laughs> with you. Now we're wanting proof, but that doesn't make sense. We've never asked for proof before. Instead, we have this machine that is colliding thousands of millions of particles into one another. At a time. At a time, producing, well, what happened the last time we split an atom? Uh, the atom bomb. Okay, so imagine that to the power of a million happening 
constantly. That's a lot of fucking energy, and they're filtering it somewhere, and we've no clue because I'm th- I'm sitting there doing the math, and I'm realizing we're producing enough to turn this planet into cinder, and yet there's no evidence of this energy. Well, because you can't destroy energy. No, it moves from one point to another. Yeah. So where are they moving it, and what for? And then you start to realize that they have had issues with it before where it turned off, turned itself back on, or there have been descriptions by a scientist or two, I'm not going to say which one, who's told me that a point of light appeared in the middle of the air inside the lab, continued to expand, and he could have sworn when he looked through that point of light, he saw somewhere that wasn't the other side of the lab when he looked into it, and then it snapped shut. Could that have been an opening to a dimension? And if that be the case... Are they doing that elsewhere with the energy they're filtering out? This is underneath, mind you, this is underneath Lake Geneva. Big place. (laughs) Big place. (laughs) Big place. And it's Europe, which means a lot of things can happen that the U.S. aren't going to have to divulge to their civilians. Yeah, well, it falls into a different jurisdiction at that point. Agreed. And the fact that almost every major country on the planet is filtering money into this project (laughs) <laughs> my head's scratching I'm going hmm skeptical hippo but as a scientist I'm also realizing I ain't opening my mouth because if I start asking the wrong questions or the vague questions and someone doesn't like me doing so all of I a sudden, ain't just fired all of a sudden you're part of the BPRD exactly you know what I'm talking yeah. about yeah. Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense well it's not even paranormal it's just <laughs> simple knowledge I mean Jesus I you light a firecracker, there's a boom. If you light a firecracker, there's no boom. Either one, the firecracker's a dud, or two, that shit exploded where you didn't hear or see it. So you're going, where's the power? Mm, where's the energy? Where's the energy? Yeah. Now, they shut down NASA, but we're still launching rockets. Uh, hmm? Yeah, a lot of these things don't make sense on a scientific level. If we're progressing so far, and we're still doing all these te- th- this, this scientific endeavor, why are we showing no signs of anything from it? It's because they Why don't are we still it. doing it? It's because they don't want to show it. Exactly. So then when you start talking alien tech, you start talking UFOs, you start talking experimentology, you're talking uh, uh, time lapses and jumps, interdimensional jumps, you're talking mandala effect. Who's to say these aren't all more or less actual based in scientific relevance reactions to what we are doing well like one of the things i was thinking about tonight is uh in particular this kind of sound funny right but in particular i had deja vu about tonight ah well really interesting uh, legit like had deja vu before we recorded right legit deja vu and like that's a whole which is an impossibility when you consider where we're sitting because this is all in all what the first attempt we've had at doing this Second, considering you were on a little while ago. Yeah, but, but that's still this was a specific type of deja vu, correct? Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. And exactly. before that, we saw each other a couple of months ago. And before that, yeah. it was years ago. Yeah, so yeah. for you to have deja vu that was so particular, so exact, mm-hmm. it almost seems as if you had a scope, yeah. a, a step a- ahead of yourself. Yeah. And people been, have it all the here, time. Been here, done that. Right. People have it all the time. And how can most of society argue, I remember a certain particular piece of a past that now I'm being told never existed? Is there a possibility there was a dimensional shift? See, dude, I can't argue Possible. that. I can't argue that. Can there be the possibility that these people who are having these 20-year jumps, could they really be leaping into the future and then leaping back? Could it be deja vu? Or could they honestly 
more or less the the, the conscious or subconscious part of them is actually well, like uh, being taken out and placed in their own physical body twenty years in the future and then being returned. For the layman, explain the Mandela effect. Well, the Mandela effect is like this. Okay. Well, okay. Will you do that? Right. I'm gonna step away, but keep talking. Okay. Well, originally the Mandela effect was that uh, people actually recalled the death of Mel Nelson Mandela happening differently than everyone argues it did. And now they're claiming other things that have happened the same, like a line from Forrest Gump or, you know, uh, uh, a certain symbol from a restaurant or a toy that you might have known or remembered being different than it was. Jesus, they even say there was a movie Sinbad did where he was a genie and yet he argues he was never in one. These, uh, can it be that we're all having the same conscious lunacy? We're all losing our mind and actually... a having these delusions together yeah I, I argue against that but then the same instance we've seen similar things like this happening in sci-fi movies we've seen it happening in sci-fi television shows where this same subject has been brought up in the past by other sci-fi writers and we see it happen with sci-fi writers where they literally write about something and then decades later it comes true to term well, I'm Star Trek I, concepts. Well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm returned, but like uh, Robert H. Heinlein did a lot of that. Before yeah. him, even yeah. we had from the Earth to the Moon. We had uh, what is it, thirty thousand leagues under the sea. Yeah, we yeah, had yeah. these were people who were discussing things like submarines. They were talking about space travel. They were talking about worlds within worlds long before we had discovered anything along that line. We have sci-fi writers who have literally come up with concepts that may or may not be true to you know to what they say but well, it's like you said they're with, chiming well, in it's like you said with like there's like um without star trek we wouldn't have had flip phones right and then what you would call in another in another uh media that i'm really getting into is a hand terminal which is right. a smartphone right yeah which suggested for all we know, these people are having the same similar concept of deja vu, just more extreme. Yeah. You know, more, more developed. And if this be the case, then you have to argue, everyone says time is linear. The time only exists as it progresses, which means you can't possibly know the future because it hasn't happened yet. And the past ceases to exist once it ceases to exist. This is the argument. But then if time were circular or if time was like a river. Right, or if you want to quote Doctor Who with the timey wimey wibbly wobbly, <laughs> it's more ball like of a mess. rug. It's more like a rug. All right, whichever the case, if you're <laughs> arguing along this, and that means that you're not going to tear any wonky holes in fabric, space, or time. Well, no, but <laughs> in the same instance, to to think that you could probably see a step or two in the future, it's not entirely impossible to imagine it to be possible. It's yeah. just it would take either an exceptional amount of energy or a a twist of luck you know it'd be like seeing something out of the corner of your eye that genuine one time like the flap of a butterfly that seems slow motion or lightning striking in just a way where you can honestly see the tree before it explodes well in the fire. That, that's where you get into like uh, the whole like bill and ted part of it <coughs> like right. you could go back and change something butterfly effect but like here's the thing is like bill and ted style if you had to go back and change something you've already done it so this is the argument. Yeah. This is the argument, which means, in truth, there'd be no point to time travel, but time uh, observation. It's dilation is what it is, I think. Right. Di well, dilation actually means uh, like the 
the way it plays out dilation you know like taking mm-hmm. the dial and turning it focusing yourself on a specific point. yeah it's like the way it would play out like so if um bill and ted style if you had to go back and leave your set of, leave yourself a set of keys like they right. had to do you would have already done that a thousand million quadrillion times right so now, but then there's the argument though that if you can see into the future the reason why nothing would have changed mm-hmm. is the argument that well, you, to yeah, all it, outside observers, it's an impossibility. Well, as long like, as it's, it's like possible, ter- it's, like ter- it's probable. Well, it's like Terminator. Right. Like if uh, if uh, the original T-1000 or 101, Model 101, would have gone back and actually killed John Connor, mm. the whole story wouldn't even exist. No. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but in like, the same instance, think... Uh, I'd hate to dumb it down this way, but think... Uh, almost in a demented kind of boy who cried wolf concept. You got a guy who can see five minutes into the future, continues to argue he can see five minutes into the future. Problem is he can't do it every damn time. Once in a while, he can do it. And you have every other per- every person that he comes in contact is going, I call bullshit. <laughs> Kenny, possibly. Is there anyone to believe him? Not exactly. So should something alter because he sees it? Would no. anyone but him be able to prove it? That's, what's and called the a, that's actually what's called a paradox. Right, yes. which means perspective is valid in the argument that without perspective, reality can't exist. And there's been scientific arguments that state that if every single person in, on the planet were to close their eyes and altogether consciously say that Earth doesn't exist, none of this exists, and we did it all at the same time, we'd snap out of existence instantly, well, which means well, perspective that? allows for reality to exist. But if that be the case, that also means that it can validate or invalidate the conscious ability to see forward or backwards in the past. Traveling is a harder concept to understand or grasp, but you can see the other side of a lake. Yeah. But if someone with bad eyesight can't, they're going to argue that what you see on the other side of the lake may not be there. Right. Well, there's a, I forget what the theory is called, but it's like uh, when you observe something, observing it actually changes the data. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's um right. Just by observing it, the data changes every time. Yeah, and it like, will consistently change as you observe it. Yeah, which is I like I'm no astrophysicist, but No, actually you're hitting on some shit that you, is something that most of us sit across from one each other half liquor up liquored up trying to argue you know for the sake of entertaining ourselves, but most of it is shit that really does leave us quaking in our boots and at the same time wondering how much of this can we be consistent with? Because you could base an entire just, religion just be, just on just because this. Of, just because of the fact that you measured, yeah. just because of the fact that you measured something, right, will change the measurement. Not only of time, of reality in general. Yeah, yeah, and that's a. And I, I wish I had a much more <laughs> detailed way to explain that, but I've seen that so many times, like on all the stuff that I watch. You know, like, I, like I said, I'm no expert. But I do have a pretty solid understanding. Right. Well, perspective is mainly a spectrum of observation. Mm. Okay. So what you see or believe you see is only a small portion. I mean, I I hate to quote the damn movie because it was a disaster of a remake, but the lady said it in the new uh, Ghostbusters movie. We only observe 4% of reality. Right, right. 4% across the board. Okay, she was quoting actual scientific relevance there. That's true. That's true. 4%. Now, hmm, if you were to think of it like that, then you'd be a gnat observing the bottom of a beer bottle. 
<laughs> all you'd see is that single little reflective point. You have no concept the entire beer bottle exists unless you were able to go outside of the beer bottle to see it. Right, right. Same concept can be said in our situation. So to argue we can't see into the future or the past or argue that some parts of reality could not exist, Bigfoot may exist there and we, we just have not observed them. And yeah. for someone to argue it's invalid because we've no evidence. N yeah, but we didn't have evidence that, you know, the Earth orbits the sun. Mm -hmm. We didn't have evidence that suggested that there may be other Earths out there. Mm -hmm. We didn't have evidence that Multiverse. the universe continues to expand. These are all things we discovered in time. Right, right. So what we know today will change for tomorrow. But for someone to say, I glimpsed the future, but I was only to catch a split second of it. I saw a car accident just before it happened. And then it happened. Precognition. Right. Does it mean they're lying? No. Could they stop it? No. Because it was only a second in the future, which means there is no time to halt. Okay. Yeah, so we picking up from what you were just saying, what we were saying. All right. Well, all I'm saying is that if you argue you observe the future, even a little bit, if you say you see 20 years into the future, that's fine. But the problem is that the majority of the people who claim to see into the future do not have the capability of putting a stop to it. They have no one to validate them. And not only do they not have anyone to validate, but they have no means in which to change anything for the better. So because of it, they're invalidated. But one should it's never a, not it's believe. It's a hard kind of thing to... Hard, kind of hard thing to put it like a nice little bow on. Right. But if one's to believe only what you want to believe, understand you observe 4%. And you observe what you want to believe that doesn't scare the living shit out of you. <laughs> so keep your mind open. Be yeah. comfortable in the idea that there's more that we don't understand and that even the smartest people out there are still scratching their heads oh at yeah. a lot of it. Well, Kurt, brother, I thank you for mm. coming on the show. That was a, that was a fun recording. Sir it's we'll uh, do this again. Your first, your first real full-length podcast. Uh, Gotta have, tell you, I'm hooked. Did you have fun? Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. So we'll think of a good topic for the next time we sit down together. And uh, thank you for being here with me, man. Yeah, not a problem. All right, man, we're out. All right, later. <laughs>